Biomedical engineering is interdisciplinary, bringing together multiple fields, perspectives, and technologies to come to bear on the problems facing medicine today. The International Genetically Engineered Machines Competition, or iGEM, does exactly the same. Founded in 2003, it's a program for undergraduate and high school student teams around the world to come together, chase new ideas, explore new possibilities, and push the field of synthetic biology forward. Coming off their gold medal performance at 2021's Giant Jamboree competition, and having both occupied the executive director chair of UBC's iGEM team, Emilia Chen and Janella Schwab sat down with me to talk about their experience, how it inspired them to study biomedical engineering, and where they hope to go next because of it. Welcome to SBME Interfaces. So today it is my pleasure to interface with Emilia Chen and Janella Schwab, both representatives of UBC iGEM. Emilia is a fifth year student studying microbiology and immunology and computer science. She is the previous executive director of UBC iGEM, having previously served as software lead and wet lab member as well. She is passionate about the intersection of computational and biological sciences and about interdisciplinary collaboration in general, which is something I'm very passionate about, same, uh, same with SBME. And her iGEM experience has truly transformed her undergraduate path, which is something I really want to talk about later. Janella is a fourth year honor student studying applied animal biology. She's the current executive director of UBC iGEM, and she hopes to inspire admiration for biological systems and others, especially those outside the scientific community. She is particularly interested by the parallels between natural and human worlds and how synthetic biology can narrow that gap, which is a very interesting thing to say. We can dig into that later too. And in her spare time, you can either find her climbing a mountain or at least thinking about mountains. Welcome, Amelia and Janella. Thank you for having us, Miguel. Yeah, thank you. So Emilia, we'll start with you. Uh, can you talk just a little bit about your experience with iGEM, the UBC team, and why you think it's a really special opportunity for students? Yeah, for sure. So I have been involved with, team, with the team for the past three years and moving on to the fourth year, fourth years. So I joined as a second year and then uh, Back then, I had no research experience. I was just doing my combined major in microbiology and computer science. I'm, I was looking for opportunities where I can actually integrate the two together because in my classes, both of them are pretty parallel. I'm just learning both knowledge. And then I found UBC iGEM where they integrate multidisciplinary research together. And as a student team, so I joined as a web lab member first. And then I learned a lot about synthetic biology that actually started to get me thinking about designing things like the designer mindset I can create things I can engineer biological systems for things that we can use in the real life to address problems so that was very exciting to me and that was nothing that I have experienced in class before that was why I decided to stay for the second year and second year because um because I have some computational background and I also learned a bit about mathematical modeling while in, in my first year time at team. So I decided to take up the role as a dry lab lead. And it was a bit um, interesting that in the second year we had COVID. So we actually didn't have the opportunity to go into the lab and we took up a completely computational project. In my experience, it was really exciting to me, particularly because we did more about how machine learning can be applied to address biological problems. It's actually what I was excited about and that aligns with my other courses very well. 
um, that year we even though we didn't get into the lab that was a great learning experience for me for the team um, to learn more about how software how computational technologies can be used to solve biological problems uh, actually on the team not all of us have experience with machine learning I'm sure Janela also learned a lot during that time about how uh, how, mach how machine learning deep learning things work and that was truly um, transforming uh, and then that also inspired my more of a career choice as well uh, to go further into computational biology um, graduate studies so um, and then moving on to that th third year I really want to uh, just get more involved with the team. And then I took up the position of the executive director. So in that third year, I feel like I learned more about the administrative stuff, how like how managing a project is actually like how to balance wet lab, dry lab, and how to integrate different sections together. And that's also nothing that I've experienced in class. And that also prepared me better to be uh, uh, to do more of a postgraduate research and in the future when maybe I, I need to do my own project, I kind of know what are the wet lab components, what are the dry lab components, and as well as many other other external things that related to research is like. Um, I think one of the interesting, very great things about iGEM is we not only do with the research, we also deal with how to communicate this research to the outside world, how to link uh, how to link our product to application in the real life, how to talk to people. And then, um, so I think that aspect is also very unique to um, iGEM. Absolutely. And Janella, I know that you had the opportunity to participate in iGEM as a high school student. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about for you? Yeah, of course. So just to clarify, iGEM is a competition that spans across 46 different countries. It was initially founded at MIT in 2003 and it's an annual competition where every student team that can be student-led and student-generated team creates an annual project to present at the international competition at the end of the year around October or November. Um, so it really brings all these students from interdisciplinary fields. As Amelia said, you could unexpectedly need some dry lab initiatives in addition to your wet lab ones. So you bring about more computer scientists or engineers, um, things like that. So that is something that appealed to me in high school, as you mentioned. So I participated in iGEM as a high school student since there are not only university teams, but also high school teams. And what I thought was so great about it was that in that moment, I could really see what the future was like or it was my first experience with being in a kind of field where I really said like wow this is what the future is made of like creating all these novel engineering initiatives around organisms that already exist instead of creating new products out of scratch um, through manufacturing initiatives I thought that was something really great like being able to create new products with, uh, with what already exists in nature and I went to high school in Peru so what particularly drew to about it to me was that in a third world country where sometimes science is very inaccessible, especially for initiatives around um, new and emerging fields like synthetic biology, iGEM was something that really increased the accessibility of science to me and my school and my team. And I think it's something that it does for all the different teams from around the world. So iGEM distributes 
um, DNA kits to every team to carry out their DNA-based synthetic biology projects during the summer. So every team has immediate access to the resources they would need to pursue a project like this. So at least personally, um, back home, I'd be like, I really want to get my hands on things around biological innovation, but there would really be no channel for me to do that because of resource limitations, even in our lab in my school, um, which was one of the most advanced schools, there was not many resources, but iGEM allowed me to do that. So that's something that really appealed to me as a high school student and something that encouraged me to continue being part of iGEM at UBC. That is really, really cool. I, uh, it, one of the things I really love about what both of you have said is um, it's one of the important things we're trying to get across at the School of Biomedical Engineering too, which is that education has to be a wholesale thing where you have access to these new technologies, these new opportunities, the ability to ask these new questions, but more importantly, leadership in uh, training in leadership, right? Like you, you are literally leading a team and leading a project and it's very like leading your own lab in the future. Um, this is very fascinating. Now, speaking about the team, your team won a gold medal at uh, the iGEM Giant Jamboree competition in November. And you were also a runner up, I think, for best diagnostics award, right? Correct? Yes, we were okay. nominated as one of the uh, best nominated as what, uh, best diagnostic. Good. Okay, fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit about that competition? What it's like? Uh, what you have to do to get there? And we'll start with uh, we'll start with Janella. Yeah. So usually on normal non-COVID years, um, <laughs> during the year we begin our project cycle around December. So after the competition ends in November, and we begin with project ideation. And I think one of the great things about iGEM, which is something you mentioned about us, about the parallels between leading something like iGEM and, for example, leading a lab, obviously on a much smaller scale, is that you can take it really wherever you want. Just like when you open a lab, you can do it in any field you want. Um, clearly dependent on the previous experience you have. In iGEM, you can make your project address any field. So even fields that are seemingly not touched by biology, like for example, manufacturing and things like that, you can take your project there during the project ideation stage. So our team has previously done um, medicine-based projects for the past three years, I believe, but also some agricultural ones, food and nutrition-based um, I think a manufacturing based one, I believe. So this project ideation stage and kind of consolidating what field our problem to be addressed in is in goes up until about March or February. And then after that, um, all our different sub teams, including wet lab, but also maybe less thought of sub teams like dry lab, where we do um, modeling and software initiatives to complement any, for example, resource limitations we would have in wet lab and also human practices where we try to determine the social and ethical impacts of a project that goes on from March basically until September with the bulk of the wet lab work being done during summer in our lab at the Life Science Institute. And then um, September and October are, I almost said plagued, but that's too negative, but bombarded with all these competition deadlines where we kind of consolidated all the work um, we've done for the competition. So that's kind of what a usual year looks like in getting to the competition, which is what you mentioned. And this past year, um, the competition was online. So that was a whole different experience for us. But usually it's in person in Boston, which is really exciting because we get to meet all these different teams. There's about 350 every year. Um, 
it started out with about four teams in 2003 and every year it increases exponentially. Um, this year they've announced that it, it is going to be in person again, this time in Paris, which is really exciting. That is really exciting too. So, um, and Emilio, you can speak to this a little bit. So what is the, the actual competition phase like? Like, what is it that you have to do? How do you present? How much time do you get to present? That sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. So the actual, uh, or the conference, the competition is year long, but the conference <laughs> is happening at the end of the competition. It's uh, um, usually for non-COVID year, it's around four days event in Boston. But this year, last year it was online. So they extended it a period to be around a week or two. Um, and then, so we have judging sessions where we have a 20 minute presentations about to talk about what is our project, how, what is the components, within the project and what we've done in the lab, what we have done for the mathematical modeling to model how our biological system works and also talk about how we think this product will be used in the real life. And then after that 20 minute presentation, we'll have around 20 minutes of Q&A with five, a panel of judges uh, who are uh, in different fields of synthetic biology to ask our questions and then just for clarification so that is the biggest component. And then the second biggest one is for the project wiki. So every team will make a web page about their own project. So that deadline is prior to um, our actual presentation at the end. So the judges will first look up our website to learn about our project and then listen to our presentation and then ask questions. And then for, oh, sorry, for usual year, we actually, you also need to make a poster. So there's a poster session uh, where all the team just booth at the conference center and then people can just come visit, judges will come visit and ask you, interact with you one-on-one. Um, but this year, because everything's online, so we didn't have to make a poster. Mm -hmm. Now, um, so for everybody out there, can, uh, can you, uh, Janella, explain to us the project? Because I think it's utterly fascinating, which is effectively, if I remember correctly, using Salmonella as a biosensor. Is that right? Hey, yes. Take it away. Yeah. So. Our 2021 project from last year, as I mentioned, our projects have been kind of accidentally medicine focused for, for the past few years. So last year we wanted to um, address issues of diagnosing or monitoring tumors in response and their response to immunotherapy. So usually the goal of immunotherapy is to be able to maximize the body's immune response against tumors. And then um, after that treatment, the usual way that clinicians see if it's being effective or not is a tissue biopsy, which can be invasive and uncomfortable, um, especially if having to be done repetitive for patients. So we thought of making a internal biosensor that kind of lives or is already in the tumor that can release these continuous outputs of how much immune activity there is in the tumor after an immune treatment. Um, so we took a kind of unconventional or interesting approach of using naturally colonizing, naturally tumor colonizing salmonella, which is um, non-pathogenic strain and has actually been used as, is actually starting to be used as um, a cancer colonizing agent in clinical trials. So we know this is not a really random idea of putting bacteria inside a patient. And then through this ability of it to naturally kind of live in the tumor's microenvironment where the tumor interacts with um, the body's immune cells and fibroblasts and blood vessels and things like that, be able to excrete these outputs 
of how much immune activity there is. So we did that by having um, having reporter molecules whose production is induced by the presence of certain immune markers that indicate anti-tumor activity in inside the tumor microenvironment. So this was actually um, a bit difficult and our, I mean, the choice of molecules to indicate that was um, a bit challenging. And we talked to a lot of experts to get their um, opinions on this. And we ended up ch choosing response to TNF-alpha and lactate as proof of concept so that the presence of these two molecules and only these two instead of one or the other would be needed to to produce our reporter molecule, which would be then collected in urine. So this is the project that we developed last year. It was lots of fun since we hadn't worked with Salmonella before. So we got to talk to some um, MSL faculty to be able to give us some Salmonella strains and learn cell culture and inserting DNA into it and all that fun stuff. So I think overall, it was a really fun project and it did take us to being nominated for best diagnostics project. So that was really re rewarding and fun. That's so cool. Uh, and Amelia, I'd love to get your opinion on this. You've been in this now for three years, as you say. Um, and she just talked about um, working with these experts, right, in, in differing fields. What is that like, getting that kind of insight and that kind of exposure to people who are working, you know, at the leading edge of their field? It's actually so surprising. And <laughs> I felt, so first of all, as an undergrad, I actually didn't expect that I would have the opportunity to interface with people leading this field, like top scientists to learn about their insight, learn about what they think about our project. So it was so exciting that we can get response. So we just typically would send out emails to give them a brief introduction of our project and then ask for like requests of meeting or we have specific questions for them. And then we always be so uh, surprising to be able to talk to them. And during our chat with them, it was also really eye-opening to see what kind of cutting edge, cutting edge technology is and to appreciate their generosity. So actually when we talked to some experts, they were like, oh, we actually have the cell line growing in our lab. So if you do need it in the future, maybe we can collaborate or things like that. So that was actually very exciting um, to be yeah, able to always, interface with top researchers. They're always really generous or surprisingly generous, especially um, as undergrads where before any research initiatives, your interaction with professors is usually through classes or in labs where they already have a project for you. Um, it kind of, you don't really realize it until you're in an initiative that like this, that your ideas can be really valuable even to professors to the point where um, it entices them into providing resources for your idea, which is really nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned this a little bit in the, the intro, especially for Amelia, but I want to get both of your perspectives on this. Is You've both talked about how this, how iGEM exposing you to synthetic biology uh, is, it's sort of changed your direction, we'll say, uh, through through your, your undergraduate degree. And uh, so I'd love to hear about both of your experiences with that, about how this exposure has now changed the way you want to go in the future. And we can start with uh, Janella. Yeah, so um, ever since I had that exposure to synthetic biology in high school, I remember the moment where I was at the in-person Jamboree in Boston, just walking around, looking at all the different projects um, that really have potential in, in the end to be, for example, commercializable. Like you have this bacteria that can produce, in our case, obviously, for last year's project, there would be a few um, 
it would take a long time to get there as would be for a lot of other IGEN projects. But in projects like that, you'd be like, wow, this is actually a system like this salmonella that you could put inside a drug and administer to patients. Like this is actually so commercializable. This more than an educational initiative, which is the main goal. Um, it also can result in really cool commercializable and yeah, very commercializable and viable products that can be used to further expand um, the biotechnology industry. So I remember going around looking at all these different projects with a lot of potential and thinking like, wow, I think this is just by myself without having had any previous exposure, extensive exposure to what the general public feels like about synthetic biology. I remember thinking like, this is the field of the future, I think. So I remember keeping that emotion and keeping that thought um, throughout high school and then coming to university um, and then not really knowing how to get involved with that again after that experience in high school, since back home in the rest of high, um, in my subsequent years in high school and first year of university, it was kind of this abstract thought because it was such a new emerging field that I didn't really have that much time, like that many resources to know how to explore it further. Um, then when I arrived at university, I actually wanted to pursue veterinary school. So I, I had thought that synthetic biology was a great experience, but I didn't really know how much how to really get my hands on it on a professional level or if there was even a professional viability for it at the moment or it was just too new. So when I joined um, university, I actually wanted to go on, on a veterinary path, but then and that's why I'm in the applied animal biology program. But then after joining iGym and having such an extensive exposure to it and through it being able to meet um, professionals in both academia and industry that are working on real tangible initiatives to advance synthetic biology and commercialize it and really make it affect every industry um, like manufacturing or food systems and medicine and things like that where I realized that this would be a viable future career path for me to pursue. And ultimately that's led me to um, join more concrete um, synthetic biology initiatives. For example, I was a co-student at Nika Shikiba's lab where I worked on synthetic biology projects. <laughs> um, and I'm now working on a thesis with her also centered around synthetic biology. And I do plan on pursuing it in my future as well, at least at the moment. So that's a bit of the journey um, in my head about how iGym has kind of derailed my whole career path. Derailed is maybe a negative word, but derailed into a good outcome. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. And Maria, what about you? Navigating. How is yours derailed? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say it's the real. I think it's like making it more concrete and making me to realize what you actually excites me. So I, although I started with a combined major of microbiology and computer science, I actually didn't have, I didn't have any idea on actually how to combine the two. I just thought, oh, maybe it's good, good, cool experience to have two majors together, but I didn't know what's the use of it. Um, so in seeking more experience of this, I joined iGEM. So that was the first time I truly see like interdisciplinary research happening together. Um, although as a student team, we do have different aspects in experimental part, engineering part, how math and computer science contribute like 
how they work systematically and integratively to create a, a viable product at the end. So that was a very appealing experience. And also through iGEM, I was able to meet a lot of people with a similar mindset with interdisciplinary studies. So I said that I was uh, in a combined major. This this combined major field is actually pretty small at, at UBC, but at iGEM, I do find that in reach of the of people doing combined major in uh, both biolo biology side and computer science side, I also was able to talk to more experts in the field um, that have this combined experience, uh, especially in our second year when we do a more of a computational focused project, we actually interface with um, a the founder of UBC iGEM who has more both computational and biological um, background as well. So that was very exciting to me. And that also encouraged me to uh, look further into how I can actually use the two together. And then I think we mentioned previously that at iGEM, we do have a variety of different research topics from medicine to agriculture, food and nutrition. So by, a, by looking into different projects and having experience in multiple things, I kind of know that in the future, I do want to go into more medicine focused research for graduate school. And that also encouraged me to get more involved with uh, SBME research. So right now I'm a direct study student at Carl DeBoer's lab and doing also doing interdisciplinary research with, with, um, with computer science and um, biological engineering. So that's also very exciting. Like that's awesome. how, how SpyGem has been narrowing down or making my future more concrete to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. And you, I now realize that you are next door to each other in terms of lab space, right? Yeah. With <laughs> yes. Nika Shikiba and uh, Carl DeBoer. That's excellent. Okay, so then this is for the both of you. Uh, imagine I am a either a high school student or, you know, first year undergrad. I'm interested in taking part in iGEM or maybe learning toward the biomedical engineering side of things. Based on your experience, what advice would you give me? We'll start with Janella. Do you mean... Do you mean high school and first year because you mean more like starting university path? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, first of all, there's no uh, limit in university to what kind of or what year level of students we take on. So we have um, we have had multiple first year students join our team, and those are often the most um, the most enthusiastic and long-lasting um, team members we have because they feel especially special um, having being granted the opportunity to join us and they often stay for the entirety of their undergraduate degree. So first of all, um, in the that jump from um, having no experience in this field in first year to being an iGEM, that jump is not that large. Like we take first year students who have had very limited experience in synthetic biology or in the wet lab. Um, but then in steps before that, I'd say there's many resources that people that are out there to learn more about synthetic biology. I think iGEM does a really good job of that. It often has very public um, and informative resources on, for example, safety of synthetic biology or um, public policy and things like that. And those resources are open for anyone. And even the 
attendance to, of the competition is free for anyone. So I know one of our members who's a second year now and joined as a first year, she attended iGEM as a high school student, just um, attended the Jamboree just because she was interested in the field. And that is a way to learn a bit more um, and get a bit more involved in what iGEM does and see if it is something for you. So that's also something I really like about iGEM that they're really good with um, kind of educating people about synthetic biology, especially because it's such a specialized and new field, which makes it a bit vague. Even if you look on Wikipedia, the definition is like, there is no set definition of synthetic biology. It's kind of just a merging of biological engineering, systems biology, um, utilizes genetic engineering. So we don't really, or iGEM knows that they don't really expect people to know exactly what it is. So they do a really good job of educating people about it. So I'd say um, go out there and learn things through their the resources they offer. Um, starting out with very advanced research, like for example, papers or things like that can be a bit daunting, but I think um, iGEM as a foundation and also previous iGEM projects are really good at explaining things for younger people. And Amelia, what would you tell me? Yeah, so um, I think first I want to build up on Janelle's point of uh, reading up like other things that iGEM has provided. It's they are actually facilitating open communication to uh, outside world about synthetic biology. So there are also a lot of web page on previous iGEM projects, then you can click into it. And also they are trying to make it more accessible to people. So we are starting to make videos about um, about synthetic biology research and then some introductory videos from iGEM are very good to get to get to know more about it. And then I think I would say second thing is don't be afraid to reach out. So we actually had a really enthusiastic high school students reaching out to us, trying to get to know what we are doing, try to see whether she can have, she can join our meetings and see how we are organizing things. So I, I believe we're still in touch with her. And then she said, oh, maybe when she comes to UBC, she will also come to uh, join our, our team. So just don't be afraid to reach out and then to talk to people, learn more about this, um, this initiatives. I think that was, that's what I would say. I love that. Um, and I'm very cognizant of your time. So I'll, I'll, we only got a couple of questions left here, I promise you. Um, but no, I love this because this is it's really inspiring, I think, too. Uh, one of the other big things about um, SPME in particular is we're trying to be representative as best we possibly can, right? So that somebody can look at a biomedical engineer and think, there, I see myself there, right? And uh, And part of that is part of this trying to redefine that vague definition, right? Like the trying to, for the longest time, people thought biomedical engineering was the person who fixes the broken MRI machine at the hospital, right? And, and it's yeah. so much more than that, right? So, uh, so yeah, this is very, this is wonderful to hear from me because it means that that message is getting out there one way or another. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that. So, okay, so next question then is, um, actually sort of in the realm of the last one, if you could give yourself advice at say, 15 to 16 years old, you talk to your 15 to 16 year old self, uh, what would you say? Amelia, we'll start with you. Wow, that is a good question. <laughs> so um, I think 15 and 16 year, I was in high school. I actually, uh, so I grew up in China and then I came to Canada for undergrad. So I guess one thing that I would tell my 15 year old self was to get border in, uh, in stress in more than just studying. <laughs> so um, actually in, in my high school, I just focus on like more like physics, uh, biology, chemistry, 
that kind of disciplines, but I never really touched um, computer science. I also never really touched like art design thing, which come uh, like turns out to be very important in my current life and also my experience at iGEM. Um, so, so for example, at iGEM, we do interdisciplinary studies. So that's why computer science come into play. And we also need to graph up our um, projects so that to facilitate this scientific communication, that was also something ex uh, ex uh, surprising at iGEM is how much uh, design work that we have to do, like graphic design work, how we mm -hmm. make power, uh, how we make slides and to showcase our project. So I think I will give my 15 and 16 year old self to just explore more about your interests, explore things outside of studies, explore things that you've never really touched in school. And don't think that that is like something against um like the common situation is just to get to know more things yeah i love that and you janella um before i go into that question i just like to touch on what you said about kind of how sbme is trying to redefine what biomedical engineering is and kind of representation of not only different kinds of people, but also different kinds of initiatives. So I think something what's great that's great about iGEM and synthetic biology is that it's kind of blurring the line or extending, I guess, the realm of what we can engineer. So I agree with you that at least before um, I interacted with any SBME faculty on any degree, I thought, oh, biomedical engineering is kind of like medical devices, things like that. But recently, SBME has definitely been getting more interested um, in cellular engineering and it's really blurring the line of what is engineerable or codable because mm -hmm. synthetic biology at the end of the day is like um, coding life itself. I mean, I think in not so recent years, but recently the ability to program computers and things like that has been a huge, clearly because we are on Zoom right now, <laughs> a huge breakthrough <laughs> and continues to be even more emerging and ex yeah, and extending the line of that more. But I think now we're realizing that we can program um, different organisms to be able to um, result in the same outputs we would want from, for example, a computer. And I think initiatives mm -hmm. like SBME or like faculties like SBME are realizing things like that. And I think it's really great that they're making active um, efforts to kind of expand or rebrand what it means to be a biomedical engineer um, through having a lot of synthetic biology-based labs and synthetic biology-based or cellular engineering-based initiatives. Um, I think that's something that's really great. And I also think it's kind of becoming, or at least the way I see it, it's kind of becoming a commonality between different life sciences fields that are often um, not connected. So for example, the first thing we're ever taught in biology is like, oh, animal cells, plant cells, and bacteria, they're all so different. There's nothing between them that can be translatable almost. They're completely different systems. Um, but now with synthetic biology, we're trying to standardize the ability to engineer all these different systems. So we can have um, plasmids, which are our building blocks for synthetic biology and cellular engineering that are translatable between bacteria, um, different strains of bacteria, between bacteria and plants, between bacteria and mammalian cells and animals. So I think it's kind of becoming this common theme between all life sciences fields that, for example, you wouldn't think of um, if you, you were 
only in one like for example in biomedical engineering um even if you were in cell engineering maybe you'd be like oh there can be no commonality between this and things like bacteria or plant systems but for example through projects like ours last year we can see how the worlds of microbial salmonella world and um very medical engineering things um like immunotherapy and things like that can be brought together so i think that's something that's really nice and becoming more of a standardized um commonality between different life sciences systems that was a little rant on the side but your question that about <laughs> that was a great rant. yeah i just wanted to touch upon your point about SPME before i forgot it but your point about what I would tell my 15 or 16 year old self. Um, I think at that point, I was also in high school. I did have an interest for biology primarily, but I was trying to explore many different things at once or trying to explore what it was I liked the most, or I wasn't sure what I liked the most. So for example, I'd be really interested in like, I thought like conservation and ecology was really cool. But then um, I got to volunteer at a few vet clinics and I was like, ooh, veterinary medicine sounds really fun. Like I like animals, that makes sense. Um, but then I, I feel like I tell myself to hold on to what was truly more than what was tangible at the time. Like for example, around me, I could see a lot of people pursuing veterinary medicine. So I'd be like, oh, that's what I should pursue because it's just very easily accessible. Like I know what path I need to get there. But instead of going through that route, I kind of tell myself to go with what sparks the most um, passion or curiosity in me, which was kind of the things I did at iGEM and um, the experience I had at the Jamboree that was one of the first moments where I was truly able to see or truly able to feel or be touched by what can be done through science and the merging of science and engineering. Um, but I think I didn't hold on to it because I didn't really know how to pursue it or I didn't make it, yeah, I didn't pursue it further because I couldn't see anything around me that was um, a tangible path forwards. But I would have told myself to kind of try to explore it more, like use more the resources I had available. Like for example, the people I met at, at the Jamboree or my current mem sorry my previous mentor the one I had during high school um who led iGEM things like that I think that's what I tell myself that's excellent advice I mean that like wholeheartedly any anybody I speak to at that age the first thing I say is is go do things that interest you period like that's it mm -hmm. and then yeah. and try to figure out why they interest you while you're doing them yeah. Um, this is, this has been fantastic. Great conversation so far. Okay. So and then last question for the both of you, are there any particular initiatives or projects or endeavors that you are a part of right now that you're excited about and you feel that we should get excited about too? And Amelia, we'll start with you. Some kind of initiatives at iGEM or anything? anything, anything, this could be even in your personal life. Doesn't matter what. Is there anything right now you're doing that you're really excited about? That you oh yeah, actually, actually, it's actually iGEM related. So we are, because we are so passionate about our iGEM experience and we are thinking that there's nothing in this like curriculum that we had is similar to what we do at iGEM. So we're actually trying to, uh, we're we are actually delivering right now a student-directed seminar on biological engineering and biotechnologies. So it's actually being run by me and another uh, previous iGEM member um, so right now we are delivering this seminar with uh, 10 other students and then talk about things in biotechnology and also about synthetic biology, all the emerging field and what has been done before. And then we are also like trying to 
um, make an analogy of what we do at iGEMS, where each of the person will come up with a project to address problems in the real life using principles in bioengineering. And then that has been truly interesting and trans also very uh, fun experience, trying to um, facilitate a seminar, also meet people and also extending our experience at iGEM to more student bodies at UBC. That's excellent. All right, Angela, and you? I mean, you absolutely took <laughs> what I was going to mention. Um, yeah, I think that's especially useful because um, what we're doing right now with a student-led seminar, it's only a term long, but it's kind of a primer to be able to turn um, something like iGEM into something that's credit-based so you could enroll as a course in it. And instead of it being completely volunteer-based, which it is now, um, you could actually get some credit for it and have some like standardized and well-documented material that goes down in terms of training um, and past project and, and things like that. So I think that's truly great. Um, I think personally something well, just something I've been exploring, I guess, and that I find really fun personally is delving into the world of um, scientific illustration and things like that. I think um, there's a couple of great artists or <clears throat> initiatives that like iGEM where they try to bridge this gap between uh, biology and engineering, then science illustration is kind of the gap between biology and design. Um, and something that also tries to bridge this gap is a competition that we were part of in 2020, um, which is called Biodesign Competition. And it's, Hello. yeah, it's, it's similar to iGEM in terms of, um, it is an annual competition with an annual project by universities, but it's more centered around making um, biology-based design in relation to art um, and, it has a more design emphasis. Um, and I think that's a really great initiative that if anyone is interested in making a team or joining, I'm not sure if there's any like a UBC team for it this year. I think that's something great that um, emphasizes that interface between biology and design, which is really fun. Absolutely. That's a, absolutely. I want people to get involved in that too. Um, one of the things we talked about, uh, you both so wonderfully said, is the advantages of interdisciplinary science, right? The, when you did, the more barriers you remove between people, the more we realize like, oh, you can help me and you can help me. I mean, the both of you, you can literally just go to the next lab bench over and be like, hey, Janella, can you help me out with something? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I think that's important, but I also think bringing in art and bringing in expression and bringing communication into that space as well is uh, deeply, deeply important. That's me just ranting now. So anyway, thank you so much, the both of you, for your time. It is so excited to so exciting to learn about both of you and what you're doing. And uh, you are obviously going to make dents in the universe. And I can't wait to see what those look like. So thank you very much. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. Thank you. Yeah, it was a really us. fun experience. Thank you so much for inviting us. <laughs>